Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries. Today we've got a fantastic episode with one of the most well-known, well-respected tattoo artists in the world, Franco Vescovi. Franco is an extraordinary person and he's got a great story and we talk a lot about tattooing and how it's changed, how the culture of tattooing's changed over the years, a few of the big celebrities that he's tattooed. He's not just a tattoo artist, he's a very successful entrepreneur too. One thing I love about this podcast is halfway through we go in a different direction and Frank will give some amazing advice that helped change his life and you know, listen to it, I think it could help change my life and hopefully maybe change your life too. And of course, doing the podcast with me is Mr. Glenn Six Figure Salary Homes. And we record the podcast on my rooftop terrace so you can hear some aeroplanes going. Glenn's baby Jack's there, so you might hear him cry a little bit. So on that note, let's get straight to it. So today on the Boxing Life podcast, we've got a guy who, who's actually given me a tattoo. Franco, how's it going, mate? Good, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Good, good. We're doing great. Franco, uh, for people who don't know much about you, can you tell me a bit? Well, I've been tattooing for 23 years and uh, started out a long time ago when I was a little kid. And yeah. uh, it, it's, been a, it's been a fun fun ride so far. And you're based Orange County, right? Yep. I'm uh, over here uh, by Irvine, uh, maybe about 15 minutes south of Disneyland. So what I've always wondered with tattoo artists, I've got a few tattoos, is, is how do you get started in that? Like, are you a fan of art? Uh, how do you get started in tattooing people? You know, um, I got started tattooing people in high school, and uh, I used to draw fake tattoos of people. Oh, you did? And then uh, and then someone made me a, helped me make a homemade machine, and then I went back to high school and started giving real ones. <laughs> so... Who in high school would let you randomly tattoo them? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you know what's funny is uh, in high school nobody we, we don't really, we didn't really use our heads very well, right? So um, there was a lot of people that were a lot of kids that were ready to get tattooed. And, right. Uh, you know, I was doing small ones, of course, like names and you know little things like yeah. that. But yeah, they were lined up. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't tattoo enough. Well, you're also in the art as well. That's what I want to know. Well, you, are, you, are you in the art? Are you in the paintings and, and that sort of thing? Or yeah, I've been painting and I've been doing art since I was a kid. And just you know, as the years progressed, I started doing T-shirt art when I was. A, I've always you know been into doing art for business, even when I was a young kid. And then so the tattoo thing right. just kind of naturally progressed. So to where they were, you know. So, so I know you through uh, our mutual friend Travis Barker. I know you've tattooed him a few times. You've tattooed some more celebs. How, how do you get into that? How do you get from tattooing people in the high school to tattooing some of the, the biggest names in Hollywood? Um, you know, it, it, for me, it started off. Uh, you know, since I've been tattooing for so long, there was a time when there was not that many tattoo artists, and there was a time when if you were a good tattoo artist, you would really stand out. And yeah. so I met Travis. Well, I've known Travis for. Uh, 15 years uh, he used to hang out in, in this area and so uh, slowly but surely you tattoo one celebrity and they refer you to another one and that's sort of how it happens yeah um, but they uh, you know I just I, I always gave the client what they wanted and I would always give 150 percent and no matter who it was and I think that that kind of gravitated and, and, and you know certain celebrities would with, you know, they wanted that, and I would give it to them, and then they would tell their friends, and it just sort of spread. And uh, I got got a chance to tattoo a lot of a lot of fun celebrities, and it's been fun. That must be uh, that must be great for for business as well, because uh, 
it's the same with personal training. Once I've uh, trained the likes of, of Travis and Glenn, who's sitting next to us now, Glenn's Travis is a regular trainer, and they tweet about it, then you get other high-profile people like Travis put me in touch with Skylar Gray. I'm not sure if you've tattooed her. She's full of tattoos as well. Now, she's one of my regular clients as well. Uh, so that, is that the same? I'm sure that's the same with, with, with the tattoo industry. When you, when you tattoo someone high-profile, they're going to tell their friends, right? Yeah, they tell their friends, and then what it does is, is, is it makes it basically says to the public, and the public could be the celebrities, okay, so and so trust him, so maybe right. I should trust him. You know, because the celebrity world's di- the, as you guys know, the celebrity world is different. They don't like to just go to random places to get trained or to get tattoos because they don't want to be treated like a celebrity. And so, yes. celebrities, when it, when it comes to something personal like training or tattooing, it's it's almost an invasion of their privacy, so they're very selective of who they're going to sit there with for an hour or two. Yeah. And so there's a lot of weird people in this world, you know. And, and so my my thing is, anytime I've ever texted a celebrity, I've always made sure to make sure that they feel like a regular person. Um, right. And 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 so that's really, I think, what why you know what what makes them you know talk about me or refer my name to other people. Yeah, that's good. So. That's awesome, mate. You've got your own studio, right? Am I correct? It's your own? Yes. So, yes. Mm-hmm. I, and I noticed when I, when you were tattooing with me, I, I felt like you were in the same position as I am because I own, uh, well, I co-own two boxing gyms. It's like when, I, when you were tattooing with me, you were doing your work and then there was a hundred people coming in, asking you questions, doing this, doing that. So yeah. that, that's, that's what you're yeah. like now, right? And, and I'm right in thinking you've got your own tattoo gun. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I started, well, I've owned my own tattoo shop for a, a while, it's been about 12, 13 years, and then I started making tattoo machines, and uh, that's been about eight, about seven years that I've been making my own tattoo machines. So the, for me, the tough part is just juggling, juggling, doing business, and tattooing. So every day when I come to work, I have to juggle those two worlds, and uh, oftentimes when I'm tattooing, I have to do a little bit of business here and there. Sometimes the clients get a little worried, but I, I assure them that, hey, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> this has become second nature to, to me, you know, that yeah. I will not slack off. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's pretty tough to juggle both worlds. I bet. How often are you tattooing? Because no, I remember when I was in with you, it, it's like some some guys were coming in like, oh, wow, you're actually tattooing. Because it, I feel like like once you get a, such a level now, you, you're very select with who you tattoo. Is that, is that right? Or, or how does yeah, that work? Yeah. Yeah, my, right now my time my time is so limited to tattooing because of the other business and that's doing yeah. well. And so any time that I, you know, so I, I spend about thirty to forty hours a week at the other business making the tattoo equipment. So whenever I do tattoo, um, it ha- you know it, it's it has to be you know either a high paying customer or has to be you know a dear friend, right, um, or something. But I don't have too much time to tattoo. Yeah. So it's got to be something that's, um, that 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 I that I enjoy doing and that is just, you know helping pay the bills. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Franco, I I just so, wanted, I wanted to ask you because you've been in this now for over twenty years, right? Yeah. Um. So say twenty years ago, mid nineties, uh, the the kind of people that were tattooed and sleeved up were more like alternative, different. Uh, you know, outside the box type people, different uh, subcultures and stuff, and like fast forward twenty years, and you've got uh, people like you know pop stars, like Justin Bieber's sleeved up, David Beckham sleeved up, 
Um, I mean, from a business point of view, that's probably amazing for you, but what do you think of it on a, on a personal level? Has it taken any kind of, like, uh, speciality out of, like, tattooing, or has it made it kind of more redundant? Or, like, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, that's, that's definitely the case. Tattooing has become something different than when I first started. When I first started tattooing, it was... Not only was it not popular, but it was very rare. Yeah. Maybe... Maybe there was, like, maybe one tattoo artist per big city, you know, a um, couple here and there. But the tattooing sleeves and stuff like that, there was a certain type of person that was getting them. Now, in one hand, it's kind of helped out because I've always thought, you know, people like art and people like to express themselves. And it's it's uh, too bad that when they when they do those two things together, they get labeled as, like, a biker or some, yeah. somebody from those cultures. Yeah. So, in a way, it's kind of helped open up. Um, I would say maybe it's, it's done more good than bad because on one hand you lost the mystique of it, right? Yeah. But then on the other hand, as an artist, as a tattoo artist, we're able to, you know, get more work and people that always wanted to express themselves through the form of a tattoo now feel comfortable doing that without having to get labeled as a crook or a biker yeah. or, or, or somebody that, you know, just how they used to do it in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, I mean, at first, I mean, growing up as a teenager, I used to see a lot of bands coming over from L.A. I grew up in England, and we'd see bands from L.A. come over, and they'd be all sleeved up and tattooed. It was really fascinating and, and interesting. And then that's what made me start first thinking about L.A. and coming here in the first place. Was like, oh, everything seems really cool out there, you know, that beach, and everyone's sleeved up, and just the lifestyle, and everyone's artistic. And in England, it wasn't really like that. Um, but I, I agree with you. Like when when I first started seeing like celebrity, like high profile celebrities who, like in my head, I was thinking, there's no way you should have a sleeve. Like someone like Justin Bieber, for example, I was like there's no way someone like that should be sleeved up, right? Kind of creating my own rules yeah. in my head. But now like, yeah. I, I I kind of agree with you. I feel like I feel it's good. It's just um, just getting more art and more more of an artistic feel to. Um, like mainstream uh, culture, I guess. So I, I don't, I don't mind it at all. Now I, I, I like it. Well, it, it you know, it, it, I think what it is is I, what you didn't like and what I didn't like is the same thing, and what you do like and what I like is the same thing. And it boils down to two things: if someone's getting a tattoo just to look cooler, just to kind of like you know look like a rock star, or or to get the girls, basically. For all the wrong reasons, then, <laughs> then that's not then, then that's not cool. But then, who are we to judge like that? I try to not. Well, I try to not even think about that, right? Yeah, you're talking then, to one right here, Tony. That's the only reason he wants to get. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> I've got enough girls. <laughs> I don't anymore. Uh, me, he's, was, like, got, he's, like, he's like, I got all the celebrity girls hitting. <laughs> was there was, was there ever a time in these twenty years where you've seen? And I, I think I think I might know the answer to this. Where there was one celebrity who started getting tattoos, not by yourself, but in the world, a, a figure where everyone else stuck going to, to tattoo artists and, and getting tattoos. Was, was the one point where it was like it made the industry just boom because this one person got one? Yes, yes. Um, and, and, and fortunately, I was, I was a part of one movement, um, Dennis Rodman. Right. So Dennis Rodman obviously is the, is the first heavily tattooed uh, sports athlete. And, and, and so I was able to... I, I probably can say I've tattooed half of the tattoos he has. Oh wow! Um, so and so uh, that was part of, and this is probably I, I started tattooing Dennis maybe maybe eleven, twelve years ago. And so obviously this was before 
a lot of the basketball players were getting heavily tattooed, even the football players. This was before David Beckham got full sleep. Wow. And so Dennis Rodman, he's, a, he's an important figure in the tattoo culture because he did this stuff when it was frowned upon, and he did this stuff when the commissioners in the basketball field thought he was crazy, and they, they, they did not like his tattoos, and they tried to suppress him and tell him he shouldn't get more. Wow. But he didn't care. He didn't care. So so he, in my opinion, he's one of the one of the most fascinating uh, celebrity sports athletes that got tattooed for the right reasons. He said, yeah. fuck it, I want to express myself. These are all to express myself. These are not for, to, for being cool because apparently people don't really like him that much. But he was the rebel. And he, was, yeah. and he wanted to express himself through tattoos. So he opened the door to a lot of other uh, celebrity athletes saying, yeah. okay, Dennis did it, and he got away with it, so I'm going to get a piece. And slowly but surely, you know how that, that is, the more and more people that get them, yeah. the people that once cared, the people that once cared now become numb to it, and now they stop caring. And then they stop caring people say oh shit you know i've always wanted a tattoo i'm gonna do it because it's accepted now yeah i, I wanted to ask about black and gray as well like cause that that seems really the thing to be doing now is like limited color and like people like yourself and uh chewy and uh the the DSI guys doing a lot of black uh, amazing black and gray work do you think color is gonna re-emerge soon or do you think like the black and gray is gonna stick around for a while well, color is sort of it's like its own subculture. I think I think it's all relative to to where to where we are. So, for example, like in, we're in Southern California. So, in Southern California, black and gray tattooing is is very popular. Uh, whereas, if you go to uh, other parts of the world, um, say China, yeah. where everyone's getting very colorful Oriental style work, or right. if you go to the East Coast, a lot of people are getting colorful traditional work. Um, so, so if you were to take tattooing as a whole, I would say it's just a mixture of everything. Yeah. Um, but as far as your question, black and gray in, in color, black and gray to me seems more timeless. It seems like something that tends to look better over time if it's done in white. Uh, whereas color is, is, is finicky. Color is a whole different animal because they fade different. They right. actually disappear. So black and gray right. tends to become smoother looking whereas color tends to actually disappear yeah so unless you're and, and that doesn't mean that the color tattoos are bad it, it means this if you're a tattoo artist and you know how to apply color correctly then you're safe um but if you don't yeah there's going to be some some people with with different colors missing and, and that's not acceptable so for example if you have a color portrait and the, the artist used 20 colors to get that portrait, and in 10 years, you know, half the colors are faded completely, that right. portrait's not gonna look very accurate. Right, yeah. right, yeah, There's, I mean, black and gray now, it's some amazing stuff going on, it's unbelievable, like, the element of realism that's, like, come into it in the last, probably, like, five, 10 years, it's just mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I remember yeah. When, when David Beckham come on the scene, talking about the celebrities dinner, I think it was 2002 when he started getting tattoos, Made, like we both from England. Remember that then? Yeah, yeah. Everybody started getting tattoos, all religious ones. I got yeah. one on my shoulder. He, he was what, what Franco was saying about what Robin did here. Yeah, Beckham done that for tattoos in in England and Europe, definitely. Yeah. Yes, totally. It was Correct. it was massive for it, and and yeah, I think most people were at my age. They start getting tattoos because of Beckham. Uh, 
Frank, well, I don't know if you can remember, I, this is kind of off the subject now of, of tattoos, but when I was in there with you, you give me access, I don't know somehow what we got talking about, you give me access to your uh, audio book collection. Can you remember? Oh, yep, yep. T tell me about that. Have, did, you, uh, did you get into it? I got into it, mate. So, so this, is one, this is kind of the, well, not apart from the tattoo one, this is one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about because your, ta your, uh, your, your audio book collection was something that helped change my life. Right, you give me this. See, yeah. it's, it's funny how you meet people. Like I, I met Travis, yes. they will met you. Then, then you give me this this thing, and then, and then I read like it was the four hour work week that really helped me. But tell me about that. T tell me about your book collection, and tell what? me about your your weird thing because it's it's kind of you're like an entrepreneur. You're you're a big successful entrepreneur, uh, and I I, I kind of I think that I'm the kind of the same as you. And, and these books were great. So tell me about that. Well, here's 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 what it is. About six years ago, I was sleeping on my cousin's couch. Um, you know, uh, even six years ago, people thought maybe, you know, he's a successful tattoo artist. He owns his shop. But six years ago, I was on my cousin's couch. I lost my house, my car. Wow. Um, uh, was recently uh, fresh out of a divorce. Um, uh, fast forward from six years ago, I was sleeping on my cousin's couch, and then I had this moment where it became uncomfortable. And so I went and got this fold-up cot, and I put it by the kitchen, and I got a little comfortable, and I said, you know what? This is much more comfortable. And I remember I remember this distinct thought as, as I was getting into my comfort zone on this cot. I said to myself, why is this comfortable? This is actually not cool. How did this happen? Now, five years before that, I owned a few houses, and business was good. And, uh, and so I, I was sitting there going, how, how did this happen to me? Um, and then from that point on, uh, I decided to change and do something about it, and I don't know what, what what it was, but I knew that I only had two choices. I could either feel sorry for myself and, and do drugs and pills, and I, I did that before, um, or I can change. And so I didn't know how to change, though. Um, so I started, actually, there was some kind of inner desire to start, you know, reading books and, and looking for answers. I just knew that books and even the Bible, like, every, like, like other wisdom was out there, and I wanted access to right. it. And I, also, and I also knew that nothing's for free. I knew that I had to read the entire book and apply it in my life. So from that point on, I just started researching the best books uh, that, that other people would, 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 would read, um, other successful people. So I started doing what they did. I, was, I looked for mentors that were uh, people that I wanted to emulate. And so I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know where that desire came from, but... Yeah. It was a it was a journey that I started on, uh, and uh, I hit a couple obstacles. Here's the thing that people don't understand about life, and this is actually stuff I read about, but I've actually been able to taste it for my own my very own. When when you decide to change your life for the better, be prepared to hit a lot of obstacles that you would have never hit if you were just going to stay still. Yeah. Um, so for me, I got uh, I got uh, lung cancer. And then I had uh, my my shop burned down in a fire. Wow! And these were th these were things that happened to me when I decided to change my life. And so here I am thinking, well, fuck, how did this happen? I was trying to do better, and now I have these things to worry about. And so um, yeah. I overcame those two. I overcame those two. And and there was an inner voice that said, hey, this world is really not real. These are just tests in your life. 
if you attach yourself to your building that burnt down, if you attach yourself to your health issue, you're going to you're going to lose and you're going to die. You're going to basically tap out. Yeah. You have to disattach yourself to these things because they're really not real. They're just lessons for us. And I don't know where that innate wisdom came from, maybe from reading tons of books like we talk about. Yeah. But nevertheless, I powered through these two obstacles, and I just knew something was good and something was waiting for me on the other side. Um, and fast forward now, um, our business just closed this year doing $3 million, um, and nice. you know we're set, we're set to even double that next year. Now, I say that not to brag because everyone that, know, that owns a business, it's never all profit. But yeah. just, just to paint a quick picture of where I was at six years ago, what I decided to do about it to change, and where I'm at now, and where I'm at now, I still read books. I'm st- uh, I'm actually headed to Conscious Life Expo in in L.A. right now. Um, but I just have an eternal thirst to get more wisdom, like like King Solomon. He didn't he wanted he wanted wisdom, you know. And since he got wisdom, he got everything. I just want wisdom. I want to know more. Um, but the key ingredient, though, in, uh, is is you have to help other people. You have to teach other people things. So. The quickest way to become successful is a trick. You teach other people how to become successful. And there's a universal law that will bless you. And obviously you have to do it from your heart. So when I gave you that book list, uh, Tony, it was from my heart. I, I, I knew how much it changed me. I knew right. it. And, and I recognized that you actually were thirsty. And so there's a lot of people I talk to about these books, and I don't recognize they're thirsty, so I don't even bother giving them the password. Yeah, but I saw that in you, and I related to it, and and I and I saw how thirsty you were. I remember. I said, uh, "Wow, that, that, you know? uh, I just remember a quote came to mind. Then where uh, it said, "Leaders create le- other leaders, like true right. leaders create other, other leaders." So it's yeah. like taking uh, something that's made you successful and and take, get it to next level, but then sharing that with somebody else so they can. Yeah, I mean that's what Frank was done with me, and me, what you've just told me there about. That that story and and how you've how you it's changed your life and all that is absolutely amazing, mate. And well well done, you know. I, I think I think I don't know if people ever say to you, well done for what you've done because what you've done is is fantastic. And that is so that was something like it inspires me. What you've just said there, that's really inspirational. And uh, yeah, mate, congrats on that. Is there is there any? I know you've told me you, you read a ton of books and, and there's a, a ton of things that you read that help you. But is there any specific one thing? That, that that really stands out. Is that, is that the thing that you told me about helping other people, or is the one thing that really stands out what you try and do every day or every other day that really helps helps you? Yeah, yes, it's, it's it's the one. It not only do I have an answer for you, but it's the one universal law that uh, is defined in every religion, um, and it's it's you know it's love. And so what that means to me is every day I have to. Uh, sacrifice myself every day. I have, to, I have to be a living sacrifice. That means if someone reaches out to me for help and I don't feel like it or I'm tired, I have to sacrifice and, and do that. And so every day, I try to be more loving to mankind because ultimately that's why we're all here. When, when whether or not someone believes in life after death, I, it is my belief that whether we go in front of a panel of aliens or Jesus or Buddha or how, however that works out. I feel in my heart that the first question they're going to ask us is, did you find out and did you understand love while you were on earth? Right. Did you understand that lesson? Because that's, because that's, that's what every uh, great prophet came down here to teach us, yeah. love. 
Right. Nice. Man. I try to apply. I, I try to apply it in my life and business and helping people. But uh, to really answer that question is just uh, every day I want to help somebody do something. Right. One thing, if that's all it is. If you could recommend one book, what would it be? Mm, gosh. It's a tough one for you because you 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 love oh, reading. There's so many good ones. Okay, just off the top of my head, the Four Agreements. Which one? The The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, the Four. The, the Four Agreements is uh, it's in my audio um, collection, and um, Four Agreements, man, it's pretty amazing. I'm sure people, have, uh, if anyone out there has read that before, they'll they'll know what I'm talking about. But it's a particular book that describes mankind. It describes uh, the pain that we're in. It describes what it what it has and why we're living in it. Right. But most of all, it gives you a different outlook that I personally have never had until I read that book. Yeah, I've just wrote that and, down now. And when you get that outlook, you're, you're changed forever. You, uh, I'll give you a quick example. Someone does something to you, totally to piss you off, right? Yeah. It's really not that person doing that to piss you off. That person's hurting inside. Something happened to that person. They have a wound, and 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 so and so they're they're a victim and they're suffering in the same world that me and you live in. Um, and that one's by Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. Uh, highly yeah. recommend that book. I've just wrote that down. Mate, I've got something that that I've just gotten recently. Someone recommended it to me, and uh, I, and I thought of you when they got it because I've just subscribed for it. It's called Blinkist. Have you heard of it? Blinkist. Uh, it's uh, a, uh, how do you spell it? B L I N K I S T. I'll text you it after. It's a, uh, yep. it's a, it's an app, right? So, so it's got all these, it's got all these great books like the Four Will Work Week, uh, uh, just all of these books like like that's in your audio book. But what it does, it, okay. it, it brings them down to fifteen minutes, and it gives you the uh, fifteen minutes of their good points. So you you. You don't necessarily have to listen to the full book, although that might be beneficial. Oh, wow. But but now you, you, you're getting the you're getting the, the top points and top advice from from these oh, uh, top books. It's I a, need that. It's amazing, mate. It's amazing. I've just found out about it. I've just subscribed for it, and uh, yeah, I'll send the link. I'll send you the link after it's a this. Good month. one for like lazy readers like me. And me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, me- <laughs> I'm not the best reader either. I'm dyslexic, so I have to. Yeah, this will be perfect for you, mate. It's per- and I love it, and it's I love it. I've been listening to it. so now I feel like I'm reading a book every night in before bed, uh, and it's taking 15 minutes. But I'm getting all the best well, points. Well, here's the best thing. Another thing too is obviously Napoleon Hill. I mean, I have yeah. I have Napoleon Hill in his own voice because I wanted to hear the energy behind his voice, and I wanted to hear what he had to say. But the, the, the thing is, is is, is you know everybody wants help in life, right? Everybody wants help. Everybody wants the easy road. But once they hit their first obstacle, they either cuss God out or they say, you know what, fuck it, it's just not meant for me. So people people have to realize that if, once they decide to change and better their lives, they have to almost pretend they're in war. Once you decide that you want to become a better person, you're going to be attacked by the opposite, by the enemy. And right. so if you if you know that. Then you're not going to get so butthurt when something happens. Like so, for me, when I got those obstacles coming my way, in a weird way, I expected them. Right. I expected them because that's what I read. I read about that in so many good books. If once you once you decide to become a better person, because when you when you see a successful person like Travis Parker, for example, because we're talking about yeah. him, you know, Travis has been through a lot of stuff in his life, but we all know that he's one of the hardest working musicians. Yes. He's 
one of the most creative uh, musicians and businessmen, and he's a good father at the same right. time. So that's just a clear example of someone who refuses to give up, right? And as a result of not giving up and enduring painful moments in his life, he gets blessed with more opportunities and, and, and more things and more greatness. Yeah. Um, not, so, yeah, yeah, Travis is, and Glenn knows this as well. He's one of the hardest workers that I've, that I've met, I've ever trained. I've, and I've trained some professional athletes, and I was a professional athlete myself. And Travis, he comes in the gym, and he's doesn't he's relentless, isn't he? Yeah, some, something we've spoke about before is like the the more successful people are in their daily lives, the harder they they are when they're training. When they're working in the like, gym, just the work ethic, no matter what they're doing, whether it's being family person, their work or their training, whatever it is, they just put hundred into everything. It's amazing. Yeah, thank uh, for. Any, uh, any, let's say, young tattoo artists or any young entrepreneurs, cause I, 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 you're, you're definitely under that category, what advice could you give them for up-and-coming young entrepreneurs? I, I would say this. Never stay comfortable. If you're comfortable in life, you're sinking. Right. You're not even staying still. You're not even staying still. If you're comfortable, you're sinking quickly, fast. And the deeper you sink, the more gravity wants to pull you down. So right. stay uncomfortable in a safe, pleasant way. Uh, the same uncomfort as doing push-ups, but remember how good you're going to feel and how much growth you're going to have. Um, stay learning. Uh, read books, Napoleon Hill, um, over and over again, not just once, because if you read a book one time, you only it's proven you've only grasped about 3% of that book because right. our, our minds tend to wander throughout, that, throughout reading. Yeah. So when your mind wanders, you miss some kind of jewel. So what I do is I just made a commitment that I'm just, as long as I'm on earth, I'm going to keep reading the same books. And, and I can't tell you how many times I've read certain books, Tony, on that application, go to sleep. I go to sleep listening to them. I yeah. put one earphone in and um, just flood yourself with wisdom. Yeah, flood yourself that. with wisdom and meditate. Meditate. Tap in. We live in a crazy world. If you really think about the world we live in, everything we do is not real and it's ass backwards. We're taught to just stress out and run back and forth. But every culture from the beginning of time, they they tapped in to the source. And the source is, hasn't left us. It's still here. You talk right. about Oprah or, or, uh, or uh, there's, there's a lot of celebrities that uh, have meditated and it's changed their life. So that's one of those things uh, yeah. that I forgot to mention is, is meditation has really helped out yeah, I've, I've tried, I've tried meditating, but I couldn't. I really tried it for a while, and it was so hard. I heard, I heard once you once you crack it, you're good, but I never cracked it. You know what? Just just keep trying it. See, it, it was hard for me because me and you, Tony, are kind of the same. We're like ADD. Our, our minds are yeah, always racing. nonstop. And, and, and it's like it's hard to sit still. And and so, believe me, it's, it's been so hard. And, I'm, and, I, and I haven't mastered it yet, it's, but I've cracked it to the point where I tap into what they're talking about, and once you do that one time, it's like a free gift. It's right. kind of amazing, Great. you know. And then you, you you try to get that again, and um, you know, it just uh, there's a book in the in the collection called Transcendental Meditation. Right. Um, guys like Russ, guys like Russell Simmons, again Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. There's so many people that have mastered it, yeah. and it's it's what gives them the create the creative juice to uh, to succeed at whatever they're doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely listen to that, mate. I'll definitely give that a listen. Well, mate, we've been on 30 minutes, and it's been fantastic. I've, I've absolutely loved it. Uh, I really appreciate your time, mate, because like you said at the beginning, uh, I know how valuable time is. It's, it's the most valuable thing in the world, right? 
Uh, it is. It okay. is. So I appreciate the 30 minutes, mate. And, uh, yeah, and I want to get in with you soon because I've just had another daughter to get some more ta- a tattoo on me, added on me. So I want to get in with you soon. So I'll, I'll arrange that through text. Yeah. Let's definitely do it, my man. We'll, 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 we'll tattoo. We'll talk about some of these books that we're on to. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, if, if uh, any, uh, any tattoo artist out there is trying to become better at tattooing, uh, re- remember that key word. Don't, don't stay comfortable, man. Keep pushing hardcore. I mean, re- realistically, Tony, you know this, uh, Manny Pacquiao or uh, any boxer that's famous for winning, right. you know how hard they've trained. Yeah. You, you've seen people train. So... So people watch the fight, right? And, and and obviously it's impressive and stuff. But only people like you guys know how hard people train. Yeah. And so the ones that, that win, well, sometimes you guys sit back and you're not surprised because you saw them training. Yeah, that's And that's it. really what it is. If somebody, we live in an age right now where nobody, everybody wants everything for free. Nobody wants to work for it. But if you're out there, you're listening, and you want to become a better tattoo artist, you better get prepared to be uncomfortable. And I'm not talking for a week or a month. I'm talking several years. Because remember one thing. If you become a great tattoo artist, you're very lucky. And it's, been, it's, and it's probably after five years of working really, really hard. Right. Yeah. I love that, mate. I love that. Frank, where can people find out more about you? Your Instagram, your Twitter? Or... Um, the, the Instagram probably would be good. It's... Uh, my, my name is long and strange, so I'm going to spell it out. But uh, uh, the Google application is worked, and that'll point people to the Facebook. It's Franco Vescovi, F-R-A-N-C-O, and then I have an underscore, and then Vescovi, V-E-S-C-O-V-I. Um, but, yeah, I, I put uh, put things up on Instagram, stuff I'm up to, um, or the Facebook. So uh, hit me up there. If you guys have any questions, just uh, drop a message. Great. Well, thank you so much, mate, and uh, and I will look forward to seeing you uh, as soon thank as I guys. can and get in there with a tattoo with you, mate. Thank you, guys. It was fun talking to you, and uh, you guys have a good Sunday. You, you too, too, mate. Thanks, thanks Frank. Well, okay. Bye, mate. Talk to you soon, Tony. Right. Yes. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. I will be booking in with Frank very soon and getting another tattoo. And, of course, I'll post the tattoo picture on the Box and Life Instagram. So if you are not following us yet on Instagram, go to at Box and Life. Also, a couple more requests I've got. If you listen to this on iTunes, please subscribe. And every two weeks when I upload one, you get a notification uh, to see that I've uploaded one. And then the other request is go to TonyJeffries.com, my website, and subscribe to my email list. I'm going to send you an automatic email straight away of uh, networking and I'm going to say I've got some great ideas for some emails that will keep you entertained and be very beneficial for you until next time I'll see you later